0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Regarding ID Podcast. I'm Gina Jordan. Researchers at the University of Toronto have spent the last several years looking at better ways to use mobile phones for identity-based transactions. Dr. Andrew Clement is a professor in the Faculty of Information, and he's the leader of the Prop ID Research Project.
1: We think that this is an emerging area that will become quite a bit more important as people realize the possibilities and also the risks associated with using smartphones as the basis of their identity transactions. So we're fortunate um, to be right at the leading edge of that as these wallet apps get developed, and we hope that this can point the way to alternatives that are more uh, privacy
0: protected. The Prop ID researchers set out to develop a prototype of an ID app for a smartphone. It would provide a privacy-protected alternative to the current wallet offerings, which tend to reveal more information than necessary about the individual engaging in the transaction.
1: This has grown out of several years of, of research that we've conducted that looked at how people use their ID cards more generally, mainly their physical ID cards. We were interested in the development of the Ontario Smart Card Project, which was going to be a, like many other jurisdictional ID cards. It was going to uh, include a lot of different pieces of personal information for a variety of services. Uh, subsequently, we became involved with the enhanced driver's license, which was a proposal to have a driver's license serve as a border crossing card as a substitute for passport. And this was under the Western Hemisphere Travel Initiative, the, the U.S. government's program to require everybody entering the U.S. to have a biometric identification. So we became involved in that debate and, and felt that the uh, proposals then, as, and as they had been implemented, are are not secure and potentially very privacy-invasive. So we, we wanted to develop an approach to ID that would allow people to conduct you know a wide range of transactions that they engage in, you know, daily life, everything from shopping and traveling and banking and so on, in ways that wouldn't reveal any more personal information than is absolutely necessary.
0: The goal was data minimization. The team wanted to develop technology for ID-based transactions that wouldn't violate federal laws. Clements says one of the key principles of privacy legislation is that no more data can be collected than is necessary for the transaction.
1: We pursue this in two fronts. Um, one is using conventional ID cards, uh, driver's license, health cards, student cards, other kinds of cards. And when people use them, it's usual that they basically sort of flash the cards for the bartender or you know whoever, gate agent. And that person sort of visually inspects the card to see whether it's a legitimate card, uh, looks at the photo, is that you on it? And then what the card indicates. And that while you are exposing your whole card, there's generally not a record made of what's on the card. You know, it's an in person transaction and it's only the person's memory. So it's not particularly problematic in that setting that you when you use an ID card, all the information that's available on it, like your name and address, um, birth date and various kinds of other identification numbers that they're exposed. Um, but they're not actually used. Now, when these kinds of transactions move online, problems arise. And and we see in the case of using the web that much more information is being collected about individuals, partly because it's really easy to do. So combining this idea of in-person, conventional card-based transactions and then the move to online transactions, and those will increasingly become merged through the use of smartphones. So we wanted to address that particular setting, where you're using your smartphone for an ID-based transaction. Our concern is that those transactions, like the other digital transactions on the web, will be ones in which people give up a lot more information than is actually needed. So we wanted to develop an alternative that would... um, show at least the feasibility of a privacy-protective approach. In thinking about this, we drew on the work of cryptographers in public key encryption, um, notably work of Stefan Brands, who developed a credential-based approach to identity authentication that is non-disclosing or minimally disclosing. He has a suite of programs called u which was purchased by Microsoft that's now being released as an open access SDK or suite of programs that any developer can use, but basically it provides the infrastructure for conducting basically anonymous or minimally disclosing transactions electronically in a verifiable way so that you can sort of prove assertions like that you're older than me, teen, you know, or that you're a member of something or other without actually giving up any other information. So we took that idea of minimally disclosing tokens or credential approach to identification as our basis and taking those ideas, we implemented this in a smartphone
0: app. The idea behind the Proportional ID app is that the information revealed is proportionate to what's needed. The classic example the team based much of the work on is buying alcohol and having to prove the buyer is of legal age. Clement says part of their purpose is public education and to help make people aware of how their ID gets used and what their alternatives are.
1: We start with the basic idea of, say, a driver's license or some other government-issued card so that instead of showing your full card, you would show only part of the birth date. You only need to know, say, a year birth, for instance. So that would be a first step in this idea of proportionality. And that's something that we actually did with physical cards. We created these clear plastic overlays that you could put on your driver's license that would show only the information that is needed for that transaction. So if you're buying liquor, you can cover your name, you can cover the driver's license number, and you can cover most of the dates and all the other kinds of information there. So the driver's license would appear with your face and say a year of birth on that. And you could show that to a bouncer and uh, or bartender and hopefully they will accept that. And we've tried this out and um, uh, we get mixed reactions, um, but we have on numbers of occasions got that accepted. Um, similarly for voting, we use driver's license where we cover a driver's license number and the age where you've got name and address, but not the other information. This is the basic idea with our minimally disclosing tokens. We take that a step further in the smartphone app by transferring that information in an encrypted form and digitally signed by the issuing authority. Um, They don't really do this. I mean, we do that on their behalf, but the information on the card is, is... transmitted in an encrypted form and can only be decrypted with the public key of the issuing authority. And that makes it clear that this is an authentic uh, information. So using the smartphone, you basically hold your smartphone up to the authenticator's terminal, you approve the transaction, and an encrypted version is sent. The first thing that is done is is that decrypted using the public key or the the signature of the issuing authority, so you can see that the card is legitimate, and then it reveals the the photo. If the person looks you in the face, checks the photo, presses OK, then it goes on to check the age credential. And if you're of age, you know, green light flashes and you can proceed.
0: The authenticating terminal would have a record of the transaction, and the user's smartphone would get a receipt showing the information transferred and the outcome. The researchers have working Android apps using near-field communication or Wi-Fi. Either way, the encrypted information is transmitted and authenticated with no unnecessary personal information left behind. Clement says the app is a working prototype that requires two phones to try it out since service providers aren't equipped for it at this point.
1: It's more about what can be done. I'm I'm an academic researcher and not particularly in in the business of developing ID products. So we're not planning it you know, as a commercial offering. It's a proof of concept. We don't have the elaborate crypto behind that. In fact, we are, we're demonstrating what the capabilities would be were you to use it with um, something like YouProof. But it's sort of intellectual property. This is available to, to anyone. We basically license it under a Creative Commons license you know, so people can try it out as a proof of concept.
0: Dr. Andrew Clement is a professor in the Faculty of Information at the University of Toronto. He leads the Prop ID Research project which yielded the ID wallet app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Regarding ID podcast.